Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is December 16th. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast. I am joined by Robert DeFelice, and soon we will be joined by Alex Palowski. He's having some technical difficulties, but we will be. Uh, underway with him shortly, but usually we kick off and soon we'll with be the AEW by Alex. review anyway, and that's kind of what Robert does here. Robert, yes. how you doing? I'm doing all right, Sean. How are you? I'm splendid. I'm freaking splendid. It was a good night of wrestling. It was a solid night of wrestling. Have some big interviews dropping on Fightful over the next week. Uh, you know what they are. The rest of the world doesn't know what they are yet, so we're not going to tell them. They got to tune in. Damn right they do. They got to tune in. <laughs> you got to keep showing up. But if you want to support us, please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Please tap the bell for notification. Uh, donate a super chat if you want your question or statement read on the air. That helps us out greatly, as does subscribing to FightfulSelect.com. Over on FightfulSelect.com today, I had news on an ROH wrestler who was working without a contract. And I had an update on Dakota Kai. Yesterday, I had a bit of a backstage reaction AJ Styles' reaction to the We Nominal one. This, in addition to the Q&A show that drops tomorrow, the list goes on, Alex's sour graps, that's all within like a, a 36-hour period. So FightfulSelect.com, please head over there and, and subscribe. Lots of cool stuff over there. Also, we announced recently we've got a Twitch coming, uh, hopefully in the new year. We've got Fightful Scraps coming back. Head over to YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps. That will be our Clips channel. Lots of good stuff over there. But let's go ahead and talk some AEW, Robert. How you feeling about this show? As good as ever. Fun show. Really fun announcement from a couple people on the show. And yeah, good stuff. The the true leader in the 18 to 49 demo, AEW Dynamite. Right now. Well, I think Indeed. I think SmackDown might be beating it by a little bit right now, right? For now. For now. For now, there we go. Evan Wright sends a super chat and says, I was a massive fan of Dynamite this week. Young talent everywhere thriving. Top Flight versus Jericho and MJF is so exciting to me. December 30th, who boy. Oh, we'll get into it. And by the way, guys, our show next week will be later. Robert, hope you don't have a problem with that. Oh, no. By, by next week, you won't be able to get rid of me. I'm uh, stuck with you. It's true. Time. Robert starts full-time weekdays with us next week. It's just the week after that that's an absolute... Trash fire nightmare. I think it's that next week, or maybe the week after. Wrestle Kingdom week is going to be terrible. But let's oh, go. Yeah. Ahead, let's get into AEW. You got Paige, Silver, and Reynolds. I loved them coming out with the cowboy hats, and 
they were called the good, the bad, and the hungry. Oh my god, this was amazing. Uh, but I like that the Hardy Party got the win here. A lot of I saw somebody say, "What are you? What will they possibly do with a Hangman Matt Hardy feud?" Well, Matt Hardy's turning heel. It's very obvious he's going heel. Matt Har- or Hangman Page is heading for something towards the Dark Order. But what what did you think about all this? I think the comedy stylings of Reynolds, Silver, and Page could be headlining any show worldwide. Page is a great pick to kind of have around while Brody Lee cannot be. Mm-hmm. So I think he should go Dark Order. Matt Hardy, I've been watching a lot of 2002, and his version <laughs> one stuff is great in an older more veteran capacity and this is hysterical good comedy in a very serious wrestling match yeah and one of the things that that i like uh about about the hangman dark order situation if he does end up joining them and leading them you know the drill i mean Brody lee's coming back and we're gonna get something there and AEW is really good at pivoting Whereas other companies might just completely take this stable off TV, we build to something. And I think that's that's really, really good. I think it's really cool. I think Adam Page could end up being the freer, the happy cult leader that kind of says, hey, you don't need to follow anybody, just be you. And they'll, they'll find their own way. Yeah, it is... Uh... It is a good time over on on AEW with Dark Order. It's uh, it's looking really, really good for for at least that program and that clothesline that Paige hit Hardy with was a stiff one. A that stiff one. I think Hangman Page might have the best lariat in North America. Oh, it's really good. Um, again, guys, if you're uh, watching, you're saying, "Where's Alex? He'll be joining us." In a minute, uh, he had some technical difficulties, but we're going to go ahead and get into the AEW review. We get a big reveal. Cody and Brandy having a child. It's been the year for that. I mean, of course, Mike and Maria had theirs in the early part of the year, but Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, uh, Bray and JoJo had another one. John Moxley, Renee Young, Eric and Sarah Logan. Like, my God, they're... It's it's the boom period for babies uh, in in wrestling. It is the baby boom period in wrestling. It's almost like more time at home might give you some free time to do some stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Jam on Ryan B. Jam says, Two things I want. Triple threat match between Pac, Archer, and Kingston, and a fatal four-way of Top Flight, FTR, Jurassic Express, and The Acclaimed. I do think that latter one could be a little bit messy because a couple of the teams aren't as experienced either in totality or together. But um, that pack Archer Kingston triple threat sounds a lot of fun right now, Robert. Yeah. And I think they're going to end up doing it because Eddie Kingston was talking about his enemies. And that's really fun when you can advertise somebody just calling out their enemies. And there's a weird three way feud, but I'm kind of into it because they all have something to prove. Yeah, I dig that. Uh, Evan Wright says gin and juice is the best tag finisher right now. I'd agree with that. Yeah, they have grown so much this year, specifically. A private Party have. And I know they got the big win over Young Bucks last year, but this year has been one of growth. Like, they established them last year over who they were, but um, but this year has been one of growth. Ryan B. Jam uh, says, weren't Roman's twin, twins and Bray and JoJo's second child this year also? Yeah, I said the, the latter, yeah. but I was specifically meaning, like, couples of just wrestlers, but... 
yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a good time. So congratulations to Brandy and Cody. Um, Absolutely. I mean, they're they're a great couple. You can see the genuine love between them every time they're on screen. And this is awesome news. The reveal was pretty cool, too. They they went above and beyond to do that. They're not going to do anything half-assed. But uh, this Cody and Helico match, it didn't quite hit for me the way I think it was supposed to. At no point did I buy in Helico as an actual threat. Although I will say that commentary did a very good job establishing him as a submission threat. I just didn't think he was going to win this match. Yeah, this made me really miss pre-pandemic when you could like, Hey, Matt Nix, come do a job for Cody. Like... They need more squash matches because, you know, a guy like Angelico could be a major player for them. The Nerd Guru says, if you want to join the baby boom, get Blue Chew Code Fightful. Hey, they are a sponsor tonight, so we'll talk about that momentarily. But congratulations to Cody and and Brandy. But this match was, I, I feel like before Cody put on the muscle, this match might have been a better stylistic matchup. Uh, because like his speed was down a little bit. But other than that, I thought it was solid. It's just not something that you had to see necessarily. Yeah, uh, Cody defended this match on social media, saying that Angelico's a great wrestler, and at the end of the day, there are two wrestlers, and there's a ring, and there's always something to prove. But the problem is they're so on different pecking orders when it comes mm-hmm. to the rankings that it was just never in question. And I'm and I'm okay with that. Like sometimes that just got to happen. Whether the match ends in one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes, that's okay. And AEW does a good job of switching it up and making you wonder. Whereas at first, all their matches were like ten minute matches. All of them were ten to fifteen minutes. So uh, this was a little bit different. Team Taz comes out after this, talk a little bit of trash, uh, all that good stuff. They take shots at Cody and Darby, but Sting appears. Now I really love the handling of Team Taz here, because you've got the young powerhouse Hobbs who's like, no, I'm going to go beat this old dude's ass. I don't care what he's got. And Taz, the elder statesman of Team Taz, is like, no, 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 no. There are variables here. Not not cowering. Not scared. Just uh, maybe in time. What did you think of this? Smart, because one of the only criticisms of Sting's debut segment with the promotion was the heels took a powder and nobody could figure out why Hobbs is now full of himself. Sting looks tremendous. They've already like outshined his his WWE run. I'm not even like, that's not me being facetious. I know people like to think people take shots at WWE, but they handled Sting very poorly. He feels important here. And this was another great evolution and another three-way feud you know we got sting darby team taz and cody yeah i mean like i know a lot of people are like oh man a 62 year old guy with a bat and i am i am like that too powerhouse Hobbs should not be backing down most people shouldn't however taz is wise enough to know that even though it's a 62 year old man with a bat it's who the man with the bat is like just just calm down, learning experience, listen to Taz. I thought this made everybody look good. It made Sting look threatening. It made Taz look smart. It made Powerhouse Hobbs look gutsy. I, it did an awful lot of different things at once, and there that's a lost art. It, it shouldn't be a lost art, but it's a lost art in American wrestling booking, Robert. And I think another lost art that you're going to see at some point 
with this story is Arn Anderson, Sting, and Taz are going to get on a microphone together. And they're going to tell a story that a lot of these uh, younger talents simply can't. And it's going to be one of the best moments of early television in 2021. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Evan Wright says, or Stark's calling Darby Turtle Boy got me. That was good stuff. He does. Darby does look like he loves turtles, don't you think? Yeah, he does look like he loves turtles. Uh, Cyclops is better than Wolverine says, I love that Hobbs isn't scared of an old man. Yeah. And I, I mean, they they should address the elephant in the room with that. Like Hobbs should say he's an old man. Like that's not the type of thing you would hear on a lot of other wrestling programs. But AEW should address the elephant in the room and Taz should address it too and be like, he isn't just any old man because he's from that era and Taz like th- that I would love to see like words of warning from guys like Jake Roberts and guys like Arn Anderson and and Taz and people like that that's a good way they they've used legends pretty well so I I have confidence that they'll kind of do it here as well and I think there's also Taz is an older man he got the jump on Cody a couple weeks back yeah. the age is is not a prerequisite for just writing somebody off. And I think they're going to establish that very well. Miro's backstage. I I kind of am starting to enjoy this sociopath that is completely detached from all reality that is like, it's about likes and, and subscriptions <laughs> and all that, and I'm going to murder him. Yeah. Murdering does a lot of good numbers on Twitch, apparently. Does it? I, we, I guess so. As we uh, as we get Alex Pawlowski, I'm trying to man. How am I? How do I Remember, work you can this gimmick? It. <laughs> how do I work this gimmick? We'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Alex, how you doing? Um, I was doing great <laughs> until Streamyard said we we can't find your camera or your microphone. You're gonna have to reboot reboot your entire cam uh, entire computer. Uh, By the way, guys, if you want to see several of these faces on screen again, we are doing a uh, Christmas stream on Tuesday, December 22nd. The way that'll be set up, all the uh, donations in that will go straight to our staff, non-SRS staff. Nobody with a new contract gets any cut of this. So uh, come by, support our staff, all that good stuff. I don't have a plan for that, but as it turns out, when I have done music videos and made toast over the last two weeks. It's drawn pretty well. So we're going to be talking about a lot of fun stuff. Denise is going to be joining us. Jeremy will be joining us as well. Lots of people will be. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a good time. Uh, Miro, though, uh, Robert has has this new, well, not new, the adjusted Miro helped you at all over the past couple weeks? It's better than it was when he got there and was just like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and play video games and overreact about an arcade cabinet being smashed because now we know that there's still a killer in there. I, I'd like to see more talk about the killer and less about his likes and subscriptions, but I understand that's where they're going. Yeah. And, uh, they find him 75 grand. Okay. Josh Cardenas says, off-topic question, who do you guys want to sign, uh, or AEW to sign, Ethan Page or Roosh? Here's the thing. I think that, I've mentioned this on some shows before, Ethan Page 
is a WWE Raw wrestler as soon as he gets signed. They sign him January 1st, and they say, hey, do this. No matter what this is, on Monday Night Raw, that following Monday, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it as well as anybody else. Comedy, singles, tag, faction, upper card, mid card, lower card. He can do anything. He's very versatile. He got a karate gimmick so over on his Twitter that Impact ran it on their TV show. Like, I think that he's he's really good for that. But you know what? We're sitting here, and we'll talk a little bit later about this. We, we've got some people that, that Eddie Kingston might need to, like, you might need to even the odds. Roosh would be a really good fit for that, Robert. I think so. I think Roosh needs a bigger spotlight. And Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor title doesn't exactly fit him, but I think he'll fit in the lucha stylings of AEW. And it could be good to see where that goes. Also, Jimmy Van just said, whatever the total is for Super Chats on that pod, he will match it. So hot diggity dog. There you go. Scrooge just gave everybody a cooked goose. My well, God. <laughs> Evan Wright says, Eddie needs another family member in this story. Homicide, Mance Warner, Nick Gage, Ethan Page. Seems to me like Mance Warner would fit a lot better than a lot of them. But also Mance Warner would also fit really good just by himself, too. Um, Homicide would be good yeah. for Eddie Kingston. And I think Nick Gage... Could come in as a one-off. I don't know how he would fit in to a weekly television show format just yet, but yeah. we'd have to see. So this is what happened. Eddie Kingston came out and cut a promo about hurting Pack and how he's got a neck injury. He brings up Lance Archer, but Archer comes out. Butcher and Blade attack. Phoenix and Pentagon come out, and Pack is there. I did not expect to see Pack until the next tapings, Robert. Yeah, but I'm glad he was there. He ended up factoring in very importantly into the show archer seems like the odd one out here because he doesn't have any ties to any of these guys he just wants to kill everybody he says everybody dies and i wish jake was there just to give him some sort of support but archer's doing very well on his own and shout out to eddie kingston for his first enemy just being talking to the big guy upstairs i'm still alive yeah. so there's that Alex Pack being around in general, I thought it might be 2021 before we saw him back. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very happy that he's back. He's uh, always welcome on my TV screen. Um, although I hope Lance Honor Archer remains an unofficial member of this little yeah. troop because I'm 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 much more into Triangulo de la Muerte than Cuadrado sure. de la Muerte. It's it's a lot better. And Jake Roberts was out uh, with an illness, not to, said to be COVID. Uh, he was seen like sitting down at the last tapings, like not being up and active. You're going to run into this when you bring in some of the older gentlemen with health problems. And quite frankly, I think what we've seen of late is Lance Archer, he's able to talk for himself if he needs to. But there is something special about having a menacing person behind him as well, so... They never, Archer never needed Jake. Yeah. But Jake is great because he can tell such a story with his words that other people haven't gotten the ability to do yet. And he did recently disclose that he's suffering with COPD and we know we wish him the best, but 
Jake also doesn't need to be there every week, and this is just another chance for Archer to shine. I think the endorsement meant more than the managing did. Right. Uh, the Jam on Ryan B. James says, I like everything they've done with Miro. He's a fleshed-out monster of a heel, and it shut us toxic fans who think all XWWE guys will jump to the main event once they are signed. And I think that AEW had to get away from that, Alex. We saw so many. Like, from... Okay, Moxley got a title shot. Or Moxley got the title. Then he's facing Hager. Then he's facing Brody Lee. And then FTR win the titles. It's like, well, okay. Um, you you gotta put some stock in your own guys. And they've done that a lot more lately. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that, that, that it, it really depends on, on who, the, who the people are. But I think a lot of reasons that we, where you're hoping certain guys make the jump from WWE to AEW is because they're not being used to their full extent in WWE. So there's a natural hope that once they get an AEW, they'll be actually used properly. But it's not like they have 15 titles for people to go after an AEW. Sure. Like you actually have to figure out a way of slotting them in the way they need to be. And not everybody needs to be pushed to that spot, especially as we've seen with guys being pushed to a title shot, but not the title because that invariably leads to a high profile loss. And then you got to build back up to that point. It's better to have like a slow burn to an eventual title win than an immediate push to a, to a, to a very soon title loss. I think there's, there's better ways than just an immediate loss. Evan Wright says, screw it. Give me Eddie family versus death triangle versus Suzuki versus killer elite squad. Just have everyone kill each other for their viewing pleasure. I'm not sure if Suzuki's status, I know that he usually keeps it kind of open-ended, so to speak, but even if he hasn't, contract season, it's about to hit anyway, uh, which I'll I'll actually have some pretty wide-open news about contract season on Fightful Select very soon uh, as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Dustin Rhodes cutting this promo on Player Uno. This was simple. It was quick. It promoted a match next week. It brought up the seven thing. I like this, Robert. I, I like the seven thing. It's always funny to me. And uh, Dustin versus Uno is a match I wasn't expecting, but it should be good. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, got the the 12-man tag. It was supposed to be a 14-man tag. There were some sloppy spots in here. There's 12 people. I do not think that the inner circle should have had to have won this match on Griff Garrison with a bat attack. I don't think that was necessary. But Robert, what are your thoughts on this match? I think they want to always be super heels. But I agree with you. They should not have needed a baseball bat to beat Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison's going to be great, but he's not there right now. My biggest uh, downfall, we saw over the weekend there was some scuttlebutt about dives and Brandon Cutler in particular laughing about being excited for the match because he wanted to be dived upon and unfortunately Cutler got cut from the match but it makes sense because Wardlow couldn't do it and he's the only one that wasn't a tag team guy so they had to cut him good match though I never want to see MJF do the F10 he's not that big you mean he doesn't need to do it you mean Hager or MJF? oh yeah oh that was dog shit it was so bad Oh, it's, it, it, was it, it just doesn't need to happen. Like, look, Wardlow is a guy who looks like he can do that and it would be effective. 
leave it with him. It doesn't need to happen for anywhere else. If if Brock Lesnar is the F5 and Wardlow has the F10, then what Hager did was like when you see a, a little cyclone of trash outside of Kroger just spinning around, and you're like, wow, how'd that happen? Well, that's cool. And then you never think about it again until I bring it up on a podcast. It was nice. so bad. Jake Hager is is the is the single trash bag blowing around in American Beauty, and it's, uh, that's 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 all it is. It was real bad. Yeah. Uh, Inner Circle win again. I didn't think they needed that way. Uh, backstage, we see Thunder Rosa cutting a promo that if anybody else cut this, I would think it probably was not would not be that good. But with her intensity, it worked really well. Britt Baker attacks her. And like I like the attack. What I don't want is for them to fall into the WWE Mean Girls trope of look how ugly she is. Because right now, this feud went from they can't help but to fight each other to they think each other are ugly. And Alex, yeah. we've covered an awful lot of that on WWE. <laughs> don't need any more of that. And I, both of I, these women are way better than that. Oh, way better. No, like... like, talk, like Thunder Rosa talking about Britt Baker's nose and Britt Baker being like, oh, did you break the camera because you're so ugly? Like, no, 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 no. Give me more of, of Thunder Rosa referring to Britt Baker derisively as La Dentita. Like, the little <laughs> dentist is such a is such a great specific uh, ins- insult. La Dentita. That's such a fuck. That, there's so much... <laughs> There's so much ire dripping from every single consonant of La Dentita. Oh, it's great. Robert, yeah, how'd you feel? Uh, it's this division sucks. Like they need I don't like even saying that, but the one thing that I feel like this company can benefit from a partnership with Impact is their women's division. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is that whomever is in charge of this just can't grasp how to make this work. But every week it seems like this is the low point. And I agree with you guys. They do not need to fall into the trope of, ew, look at your ugly face. Cause it's just, we're above this. It's 2020 do better. Well, I thought they did do better with the tag match later. Big swollen Serena D beat Diamante and Ivelisse. Uh, these three of these women, a uh, big swole got picked up last year, I think, but three of these were pickups this year and really helped fortify this division in the ring. Serena Deeb, like I, I love her gear. She's got like the, the old school contrast of the boots to the, the tights. Every time I see her work, I'm like, how did she not work for years? Like how did she, WWE had her a decade ago and yeah. admittedly she messed that up. She screwed that up. And she's come back, and she's doing really, really great. Uh, I like the match. The post-match sucked so bad. Oh, Vicky Guerrero needs to never do a physical angle again. It's so bad. And she was looking back, like, telegraphing everything. She ain't good this run. But the tag match was good. Tag match was fun. I love the clear water cloverleaf. Adds a whole new dimension to Big Soul's game. I'm not even sure. Have we gotten the official Diamante and Ivelisse are all elite graphics yet? Yeah, they signed. Well, Ivelisse said that she signed. Okay. Well, I know that they're not even as official as they could be, and they should be because these are women that, again, will help elevate the division. Post-match sucked. Uh, Even, like, it just looked awkward. Like, they... Big Swole was like, where do I go? And then all of a sudden, Ivelisse gives her the kick to the midsection. It just... It doesn't feel right. And now the whole catalyst for all of this is out. 
because there's no brandy. Yeah. The whole deal was brandy and Jade, and now there's no brandy. So where do we go? Yeah, I that that isn't even something I really thought about because I mean, what's Jade Cargill like? Who are they they setting her up for? Because it ain't brandy. Yeah. Unless they do a really tasteless angle for some, <laughs> unless they do a really tasteless angle, and this was all a work. And I don't even oh. want to accuse somebody of working a pregnancy. I'm just saying. In wrestling, we've seen crazier things. I don't think oh, that's yeah. the case here. I don't think that Cody and Brandy would go that way. Um, They're going to sign Snitsky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh. Uh. So, um, yeah, uh, the Acclaim defeated SCU. We had a super chat. Jordan Hanley said tonight made the Acclaim feel legit. Well, their, their rap was 50-50. It was good before the match. The second one... I thought was pretty bad, but Anthony Bowens is real good in the ring. He's so good in the ring. It's weird for me after watching SCU for a decade be like a tip-top tag team, be the people that are getting the next guys ready, but that's their role now, and they understand it, and they work it really well. Robert, I thought the match was good. Uh, how'd you feel about all this and, and the acclaim challenging the Young Bucks? First of all, Nickel Buck is my favorite thing ever and i thought that just a great charisma from the acclaimed i'm with you it seems weird to have daniels and kazarian be the over the hill guys because i feel like they're just finally getting a chance to be exposed but such is the tides of life clearly they're kind of going in a different direction with them the acclaimed are good they're challenging next week and it's clear they're gonna lose but that's okay because Young Bucks need strong wins. Bowens is great. I think he's a lot better than Caster right now. I think a lot of emphasis is being put on the rap gimmick. Not a fan. They used like, I don't know what he hit him with. He hit him with some kind of radio, I think. And wasn't a fan of that. I think Bowens will be in the singles division soon enough. And I thought this was really good. And I'm interested to see if they break Kaz and Daniels up. Once and for all. Because they've been together for what? Since like the fortune days in TNA, they've been linked. Well, yeah, pretty pretty well. Uh, Nerd Guru says, Bowens represents my hometown in New Jersey. Big fan. I did a big feature on him last year, like a year and a half ago. You all should check it out. Uh, Robert, you, you mentioned a different direction for SCU. Would you say a new direction? I would. I would say. Well, I would <laughs> say a nude erection. <laughs> okay. Okay. And if you want a nude erection, if you've been in the game for a long time and you're looking to freshen it up, you're looking to increase your performance, you're looking for something exciting, and you want your goddamn push, get that nude erection from BlueChew.com. That's right. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. Ah, it's prescribed online by Blue Chew Affiliated Physicians to get you the active ingredient you need. The same active ingredient from Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works, but it's a chewable, it's ready when you are. Like I said, prescribed online, shipped straight to your door. No post office, or, or no, no pharmacy. The post office is much better than the pharmacy these days. That I assure you. Go, don't have to go to the pharmacy, don't have to go to the doctor's office. Everybody's in and out of that doctor's office getting checked up and vaccines and all that. So avoid the doctor's office if you can right now. But get that performance. You don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. 
I'm sure that Daniels and Kazarian are still both great workers. They just want that sustained push. You know what I mean? That I do. freaking push. Code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. We're very happy to have Blue Chew on board for uh, all of 2021 now. That way you can get someone all aboard, if you know what I'm saying. Evan Wright says, Commentary saying that they've won eight in a row was good. Yeah, you got to highlight this stuff. you got to highlight this stuff. I fully expect uh, Brandon Cutler to pop up on TV soon, and he's won like six or seven matches on Dart, and then he'll get beat by somebody, and it'll matter a little bit more because they'll end his, his quick winning streak. FTR is at the table, and they are completely screwing up the audio mixers, Robert. Yeah, they're, they're mad because there was a video package on the sideshow characters. I feel like they're just dragging their feet here to get to another Young Bucks match at a pay-per-view. But it really feels like they lost a lot of steam between full gear and now. They could have done a little bit more to keep them fresh and keep them on top. Yeah, I do like uh, I do like the um, the the promo. I thought it was good. They got to win matches again. I like that there's not just like automatic rematch because I hate that. I always hated that. WWE abandoned it and then they still do it. They still do it all the time. Uh, it's one one of the things they were supposed to abandon two years ago during that infamous "You are the authority." But this was, as Evan Wright says, an NWA power style promo. That's what this was, and I liked it. Alex, any thoughts on this one? I I think that there's there's there could be something interesting about with FTR keeping them strong, keeping them out of the 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 top picture. You could just have them say, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We believe we're the we're the premier top tag team in AEW. So here's what we're going to do: we're going to beat every single other tag team in the division, and after we do that, we get another title shot. But we don't get one until we do it. Like self-imposed rules of like to prove that we're the best, we don't deserve another title shot against the Bucks until we beat every other tag team and have them do it. Like have them every week come out against another tag team and beat them. Have a really good match. Maybe they lose once, but then they get a rematch against that team and beat them the second time, so they can keep moving on. Like make them feel special. And then when they get that thing with the Young Bucks, you can say they've won ten out of eleven matches. Like yes. they deserve this title shot. Make them special, and then they can go up against the Bucks. And if they lose to the Bucks, then well, then the Bucks look even better. And if they beat the Bucks, then then you go well, they're definitely the best tag team in AEW. You can make them feel special while not having to jam them right into another rematch. We got this donk saying, "Oh, rather than building a good team with wins, you give them a title shot automatically." Well, you know they they cut a promo on Young Bucks last week. They cut one this week. They won this week. They won on Dark, and I know you're sitting there saying, Dark doesn't count for me. Uh, you you not counting it doesn't mean that nobody else counts it, because here's the thing. AEW does count it, and they yeah. they have displayed within the context of their show that it counts. And now he's saying, I lean on rankings more than Dark. They go hand in hand, my dude. <laughs> and the way the rankings work, they explained this with the women a couple weeks ago. As long as you're in the top five, you're eligible for a title shot. You don't have to be number one all the time. I like that they clarified that. And if they do a battle royal or a gauntlet or something like that, you're you're eligible regardless. Like that's that's their way of getting around that. AW's pretty good at that. 
Ryan B. Jams as FTR versus Good Brother for the Impact titles in a cross-promotion match. I feel like we've seen that in WWE, and it was unspectacular or something, but I guess we'll No, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, that's not one that I'm, like, foaming at the mouth for. If I want to see the Good Brothers in something like that, it's probably something involving Omega or the Bucks. Kenny Omega beat, <laughs> beat Joey Janela. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this was, this was that, something. This is something. I, I'm just going to say it. Don Callis is not the star that they think he is. And because they like this meta stuff. Whoa, wait, wait. I, Don Callis is not the star he thinks he is. Yeah. And I think they like this meta stuff so much that they think it's funny because they know he's not a, like a big deal, but it's really wearing thin between two shows and you're just doing this thing where oh. somehow... Oh Kenny boy, Omega. don't even begin to tell me the guy who sat on a one-hour media call. In- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply character today woof I, I, the way that I brought it up to Jimmy I said it was like watching a guy beat himself off on a bus for an hour like but he's been doing that for two straight weeks across yeah, two shows and Alex you're sitting there going huh watch it watch five <laughs> minutes of it if no. you didn't know he's Kenny's friend you will be acutely aware within five minutes it was a waste of time. I'm not an impact character. Why am I participating in this character shit? And he said he has the balls halfway through this fucking media call to say, this is not an angle. This is real life. You. And, and then I got somebody say, oh, well, he worked you. That ain't what's going on here. I'm not liking the, the character work, so to speak. Great promo. A great promo that I do not need to see 80 minutes of over yeah. nine days. Yeah. Yeah. I, this, it's almost borderlining too much already because somehow Kenny Omega, who, by the way, was the biggest star in North America outside of WWE for like two years, his title win has now become about Don Callis and Impact. And it's just, it's not working for me. And I can't believe. Kenny Omega as AEW champion already is jumping the shark for me, but they're pushing this too hard. And it's almost coming across like, okay, this is the nepotism that you swear the other guys do. And you're just doing it and you think it's fun because it's you. 
the only thing of this that is that is constantly working for me in this entire angle is Tony Schiavone shitting all over yes. Well, the, Ryan B. Jam says Tony commenting that impacts went up from one viewership went up from one to six. The thing is, like, Callus is a good promo. He's he's a really good promo. He's got great delivery. I love the commentary work. It's just goddamn. I sat through an hour of that today, plus the interviews that like I, I Jeremy did some articles and I had to edit those and. There was last Wednesday, and there was last Tuesday, and then there was him on commentary the week before, and I'm like, all right. And I, I know some people will say, oh, he's getting that heat, though. Is he? Is he? In the words of a wise man, they're, they're saying, uh, I think they're saying he's getting buzz, and I'm like, is he getting buzz or is he getting heat? Which one? Which one is it? <laughs> uh, this, it's... I mean, I, I encourage you guys, listen to a solid 10 minutes of that media call, and you'll be like, okay, I've listened to 10 minutes of it. We're good. Like, it I, was... don't, I don't subscribe to the philosophy that, well, if you're talking about it, it's good. No. 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 Okay. I, I always mention, you know what? Everybody was talking about OJ, too. That ain't a good thing. Everyone yeah, was talking about the and, Bronco. That ain't a good thing. And it's... I get it. He's the invisible hand. He's been with Kenny forever. It's the biggest thing since Montreal. I got it. Like, I don't need this promo <laughs> next week. And if we do it again next week, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, the the stuff in the ring, like, God, they beat the shit out of each other. That dive and the table spot and the one-winged <laughs> angel. Some nasty stuff. I don't re- remember who wrote it on Twitter tonight, but somebody's like, Joey Janela's role in AEW is to, like, once or twice a year be in a match with Kenny Omega where he almost dies. <laughs> like, that's basically what Joey Janela does in AEW. Like, I don't remember seeing many, many other matches that he's had. Yeah. Except for, like, Mox and, and Omega. Just go in there, and if, if you die, we know you'll be okay with it. So just go out there and almost die. Omega doing commentary was fun on this, too. And he, I think he added a little bit to the, the hope spot that Janela had in doing that. But, yeah. I would say that of all the stuff I've seen Callus do over the last nine days, I liked the commentary the most. It's just like, man, I need a little bit of a break. <laughs> I need I need a rest. Uh, after the match, Pac, Phoenix, Pentagon come out, and Pac says that Phoenix did not lose in that tournament, and he wants a match. It has it. It's been sanctioned for December thirtieth. Omega defending the title against Phoenix. This is going to be a good match. Foregone conclusion who wins, Robert, but hell of a match, and I'm okay with them doing foregone conclusion title matches. Foregone conclusion ain't a bad thing when it's December 30th and these boys can still pull off match of the year. Uh, This will be damn good. Omega wrestled at Triple Mania against Laredo Kid. Great match. A lot of fun. Omega's good. And that's the thing. Omega is having fun. He's doing the best bout machine stuff. It just, the rest of it is campy. But there's still time to turn it around. That was AEW Dynamite. Alex, any additional thoughts on this? Um, I, I, it was really funny because my, my AEW feed cut out before Pac's final announcement. So he says, he said, he said, uh, January, uh, December 30th, you will face in a title match against Ray. And then it cut out. And I was like, Mysterio? Oh, Phoenix, right. Okay. Ray Horace <laughs> from ROH? Been... <laughs> Ray uh, Stance from the Ghostbusters? Oh, no. They, no. they got Ray Stevens. God damn it, they got Ray Stevens. <laughs> Evan Wright says, still thinks we think we need the Bucks and Cody to come out and talk with Kenny. Set up Good Brothers Omega versus Cody and Bucks at Beach Break 
advance this. We'll see. It could happen. Anything can happen right now. Um, and one of the few things of any value that Callis offered on that media call was that when it comes to dream matches and co-promotion, he thinks that's like Little League in comparison to what he has planned. But then again, hard to tell if that, that has any credence to it whatsoever. But uh, in the future, little tip to, to impact. I think they'd be a lot better leading with sincerity and the truth and adding some work in there. Like mixing that in a little bit. Because unless you're MJF, it's really hard to pull this off. Really, really hard to pull this off. Maybe Silas Young or a Matt Hardy, I've mentioned, are able to do that too because they're so radical in their characters. Well, we've got NXT. Kushida and Leon Ruff dropped a match to Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Austin Theory wins with a a fantastic finish, which Alex, I mean, I know that you had some concerns with right out of the gate, but it did look crisp. Oh, no, it looked incredibly crisp, him doing it on Leon Ruff. I would love to see him do it against a guy who's heavier than a buck sixty-five. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it, it could, it could look great, but I mean, like, that was my first, I was like, wow, he can really do that to an incredibly small uh, gentleman. Kushida looks amazing. Like, I don't understand why he's not at the very top. He's like the best wrestler in the world. Look how he's smooth amazing. he is. He's so good. Why is he like, I'll be your partner, Leon Ruff. He's like the fourth most important guy in this match. What are you doing with Kushida? This is ridiculous. Also, they are now announcing the Gargano faction as the way which there's no way they got a they got a, a, a copyright on like they did. and they actually have they him did. They, did they really yeah that's crazy they beat like, out fastball they got him god damn it not even that like like actually having austin theory shout out this is the way before doing his finisher when that is the basically the tagline of one of the biggest shows on disney the mandalorian is crazy to me that they're like we're just gonna do this and dare them to sue us it's just crazy well, at least you know they'll never get cold, they'll never get hungry, and they'll never get old and gray. That's true. Kashida's great. He's, He's great. freaking awesome. This guy is one of my inspirations of even training. Like, I, I was pretty much done training, and then I, I saw him and Kyle O'Reilly. I was like, God damn, I'm getting back in the gym. I'm going to train again. Uh, that was like... I think 2014 when I saw Alex Shelley and Kushida against Red Dragon. He's so good, and he's finally getting getting the spot that he deserves, and, and I really, really dig that. Oh, man. Tyler Rust had an awesome performance tonight. You want to talk about a good signing, and somebody we're still seeing on New Japan USA as recently as a couple weeks ago. This freaking guy... Had a great performance tonight, and Tommaso Ciampa helped make him look amazing. He looked smooth in what he was doing. You back to back, really outstanding matches. The in ring wrestling on like the first hour fifteen, hour twenty, really most of this show off the charts in NXT. It's yeah. just the unfortunate reality that NXT has fallen into a lot of the Raw SmackDown stuff of. It's okay. You can miss this. You'll be all right. Just watch TakeOver and you'll be okay. Yeah. That has conditioned a lot of people to not maybe blow up the way that they would about other stuff. But Tyler Russ looked incredible here. Oh, he really did. Like, anybody can be given a chance to shine. Like, that's we, – we, we all hope that some, that some of our favorites or some new people coming on the scene in NXT or AW be given a chance to shine. But once you're given that chance – then it's up to you. You got to take the ball and run with it. Man, he scored a touchdown. 
Like you never thought he was going to win this match, and he didn't. But he did some amazing stuff that I did not like see coming out of this guy. Because is this the first match we've seen with him from him on NXT? Like just at all? Like and, and to me, I'm like we've seen him like do backstage stuff and get involved in this feud. But I don't remember seeing a match from him. So I'm watching this thing with Zamasa Chapa, and they're like, "Hey kid, go out there and." And just, you know, do as, as good as you can against Ciampa. Ciampa worked with him. It, it all came together perfectly. I love all the stuff they're doing with, with Thatcher. Like Ciampa setting up a seat, putting, putting a shirt down, the Timothy Thatcher uh, shirt, just like a little, keeping a little seat for him, for him, all that little, that stuff. This is, this, this Thatcher Ciampa stuff is one of those things where I don't know where it's going. And I have faith that it, that it will be good wherever it goes, yeah. unlike another segment we'll talk about <laughs> later on in this episode of NXT. But, you know, like, well, yeah, this is this is all good stuff. Reminder, guys, donate to Super Chat. Get your question or statement read on the air. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap the bell for notifications. That stuff all really helps. And, of course, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, we had Thatcher come out during this match, but uh, Tyler Rust eventually got beaten. And we see that during the commercial, Malcolm Bivens came out. And he went up to Tyler Russ and he said, You're a star. You are a star. What I want is somebody to walk up to Malcolm Bivens and give him a pep talk and say, No, motherfucker, you're a star. You're a star. And don't let them do whatever it is that they've done the last two years with you. Because they wasted almost two years of him. My hope is that this is the one. Because this... When, when I look at that, I'm like, you know what? I believe him. And part of the shitty booking of Malcolm Bivens makes me believe that he would go out there and say that. Like, hey, look what they've done to me. Don't you forget that you're a star. Don't let them do it to you type of thing. I know that's not where it's going because WWE isn't self-aware enough to do that until it's unavoidable. Like with yeah. Becky Lynch and with Daniel <laughs> Bryan. They, they, like, they think that booking somebody shitty is the way to build a baby face, which is one of the great pitfalls. But, Alex, it is just good to see Stokely, Malcolm Bivens out there because yeah. he can help people. He can change yes. careers. Yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of people that I, I think that, that, that could have been helped working with this guy over the past two years since he's been there but hasn't been used. Yeah, and and like like I don't I don't know I don't know exactly how he and Tyler Rust are going to coexist. I do know whatever it is is going to be better than whatever the hell they had planned with Indu Share. Oh yeah. So you know what I mean? Like this is I'm I have high hopes for this. Very very much. Whoo boy! You want to talk about a match that humped? Kyle O'Reilly defeated Pete Dunne to become the top contender. Nerd Guru says, I'm fine with Balor O'Reilly too. And then I think Dunn takes the title from Balor at TakeOver and keeps crossing the wings for a while. Well, yeah, I see you shaking your head, Alex. No? No, no. I mean, like they're 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 going to rush to get this title back on cross as soon as they can. Like they they had plans for him. Yeah. They 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 would not have taken the title off of Lee and given it to Cross the way they did if they did not have plans for him. And now that he's back, well, the, the the Balor thing can can end. Balor laying down for Cross gives Cross a, a a hell of a rub to then continue whatever plans they had for him. What I'm what I'm upset is that it looks like now with O'Reilly again O'Reilly versus Balor was amazing. O'Reilly Bally two is going to be amazing, and this match that had O'Reilly defeat Dunn was amazing. But if we don't get Dunn versus Balor for the title, and it, at this point I don't see that 
coming down the line, um, that's that's a, that's a, that's upsetting because I think Dunn and Balor had a really cool promo last week where Dunn pointed out the similarities. And if they don't actually get to have a have that match for the title, I think it's a disservice to both guys. Well, I like Zach Connor's idea right here. Since Triple H is a fan of bringing back old pay-per-view names, do you think they'll bring back St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Yeah. Seems fitting for Balor and Cross. Yeah. It seems very fitting. And yeah, it does. I'm like, why the hell not? Like, WWE has these names. Yeah. Use them. Why not? I don't... Valentine's I, Day does fall on a Sunday. Yeah. So they could do a takeover. Exactly. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're relying on nostalgia. I don't give a shit what they rely on if it works and if it's entertaining. In Your House was cool man todd pettengill that was cool i've tried to interview that guy because i wanted i wanted those little nostalgia clicky clacks i would love that alex well think about this like uh, you have all these pay-per-view names like they're already there there are we already have certain uh certain uh attachments to them so in, before you start coming up with with fan, like I would take a hundred no mercies, no way outs, and Armageddon's before one great balls of fire. You know what I mean? Or like let's let's get all the old ones back. Let's run those till till they're dead, and then you give up. Give me a stomping grounds. You know what I mean? And I, I would take a no mercy or an unforgiven with a hell in a cell match a lot better yeah. than I yes. would take a yes. hell in a cell where yeah. you force a bunch of matches, like. Yeah. Hell in a Cell and TLC and Money in the Bank and these shows, they they are attractions in matches, but they force them. Now, I'm okay yeah. with Money in the Bank being a fixed pay-per-view. Yes. That's cool. It's They, they consider they're, they're like big four, one of their big four now. That's just the way that they're, they, they're running things, and I'm okay with that. But this match, well, we should actually talk about the match. It really is good. I tweeted yeah. that... Pete Dunn looks like the action figure version of old Pete Dunn, where you would go, that's not how he really looks, but he does, <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, I love the X-Plex. It's one of my favorite moves in the world. It's such a cool move to do. Um, th- this work was really good. I'm a fan of that ground style, the chain wrestling. Uh, the-, the Kings of NXT were out there. Undisputed Era was out there. Brizongo shows up, and I-, I like that it got them on TV and made them look good. This this was virtually perfect to me. I loved yeah. every single thing about it. But Alex, uh, what do you got? No, I mean I I loved everything about it except for the for the fact that I, I it's a question. I would rather see a first time ever title match than a title match part two. Just yes. as a rule, even though Ko Cal O'Reilly versus Balor is going to be great, I also believe Balor and Dunn could be equally as good. And I've never seen it before, so with that, I would have gone there. Um, but uh, I do think that it's very possible because everyone keeps keeps mentioning this on my timeline. Yeah, Adam Cole could absolutely interfere and and cost Kyle O'Reilly the match versus Finn, and then you get Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, and Fish and Strong have to pick sides, and that could be interesting. Sure. And then after that, Finn moves on to face Karrion Cross, and th- and there that's how you you book the the, the rest of the the winter and into the spring. Fine, I understand that, but that leaves Dunn out in the cold, and I don't like that. Boa and Zaya Lee are training, and Zaya beats Boa unconscious. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. It happened. Yeah, it happened. I mean, like, okay. So this is fine and all well and good, and I see a lot of people really excited about this. That it, like they hated it to begin with, and now they really like it. And here's the thing: can we? This is okay. Okay, it's fine. 
Xia kicking the crap out of Boa while some Chinese Paul Ellering yells at her and shadowy lady with a bad manicure is in the background. Okay, fine. And what? Can we just skip to the part where you do your big, stupid, silly reveal of who Shadowy Lady is, and then you book the talent poorly for two months, and the gimmick runs into the ground. And we can all move on with our lives. Like, I don't trust you guys to handle this kind of thing well in practice. Setting it up with these vignettes, sure. But how do you book this kind of Zia Lee in matches? And I don't have any faith of them to actually do that right. I still have faith in NXT as a brand to pull this off. I think, what have we got, two weeks until New Year's Evil? I think we can handle two more weeks of awkward vignettes. And then it... What does she do to Boa next week? Stab him in the say, throat? Like... It, is, it is bothering me that Xia Lee and Boa get faster postage from China than we do in the States right now. <laughs> I bought a couple Jack's BCAs that took me a month to get. What gives... I, I, my wife, my wife weighed the package, printed out the label, put it on there. It got picked up on Monday. The tracking still says it's in the guy's van. Oh. It hasn't gotten to the post office yet. Oh, Rob Bookin says this Tuesday in Texas PPV would fix all WWE's problems. If they could ever get to Texas again, we can't travel. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Huh, Indy Hartwell versus Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi cut a promo earlier. Uh, Indy's. Indy still needs some polishing. There were some pretty gaping holes in her game here. And, I mean, that the, the whole thing is she is Candace's understudy. So that is to be expected. But this one didn't do it for me, uh, Alex. Uh, Shotzi no. won the match, but as you know what happens in WWE. You yeah. win a match, you get beat up afterwards. Right. Win the match, uh, get, get, uh, get hit with the trophy, the Little League trophy with the Shotzi effigy tape to it yeah okay this is the like this is the the gargano thing like the gargano the gargano stuff can be really clever and honestly like some of the stuff that they do backstage in their non-scripted segments that makes it onto the onto the network or onto the uh their youtube is all great because like gargano and and candace like playing off of each other candace being just disappointed in and and what a geek her, her husband is and gargano being over the top all this stuff that's all them just off the top of their heads riffing. And I'm like, that's interesting. What they're having them do in these scripted things normally isn't. So I would love to see them trust the talent more. Yeah, very excited for the Gargano Christmas next week. I think that will be yes. very, very good. And what you mentioned, all that that individual stuff or, or the stuff that's kind of produced outside, those were the things that were like getting rave reviews of, of from wrestlers that I spoke to in NXT. They were talking about how they got Indy over without her even being on TV. And yeah. and that actually caused a little bit of contention with wrestlers because they're like, wait, you guys tell us it takes us eight weeks to get over, but you got somebody over without being on TV. Zaylee's going to have to kill her friend to get over. That's I mean, <laughs> like, come on, Indy Hartwell just had to be mentioned in a damn segment. Oh, then she's going to have to ship herself DHL back. <laughs> uh Bronson Reed's coming back next week. Killer Cross killed uh, Carrion Cross. Killed uh, Desmond Troy. Alex, this was, I mean, I've, I've missed watching him drop people on their heads. Yeah, no, Karrion Cross is is very good at these these kind of things. Um, and, and we'll see what he does to Priest. 
Um, it may be a thing where he does to Priest what he did to Dijak and Keith Lee in that he sends Priest to the main roster packing. Um, we'll see what that happens at, at New Year's Evil. Um, I, I mean, like, it, it, I'm, I'm not enamored with the presentation of this character and and his gimmick. Like the the lip sync thing, like I, his entrance, I despise it. Yeah, like, I'm it over just, it. it. It is so just. It's. It feels like this. Uh, like a musical theater kid. Like, what would a wrestler do? He would do this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing your song while I walk to the ring slowly and very goth like. And it's like. It doesn't, none of it rings true. Like, I, I feel like no actual Satanist crazy killer person would be like, I'm going to sing your song, but not really. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me at all. You know, yeah. It, the first time I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. The second time I was like, all right. Now I'm just like, eh, I, I'm go, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> but I, I love him in the ring. Like, holy crap! Yeah, I, love him I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, he'll he'll as I as I believe, I think he'll he'll Priest will get in some some offense, and then Carrion Cross will quickly squash it and beat Priest decisively. Um, and then when he has that match with Finn Balor, I expect him to really really hurt Finn Balor. And then then <laughs> then I am excited to see what they have planned for a Carrion Cross title run. Yeah. I want to see what you do with a character like this that you have presented as nigh unbeatable, like absolutely invulnerable to pain. Can't like because because when you have a guy like that as champ, you you better have people in the wings that you're ready to build to face that person believably. I re- because if you don't, the whole thing sinks. I really think he can pull off some version, some NXT version of like Goldberg or late nineties Taz. I think he's got the skill set to do that. And then when somebody does beat him, it's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, so guys check that out. Uh, or, or, um, guys be, be on the lookout for that. Cause I think that's kind of the way that they wanted to build him before, but they, they just weren't able to. Uh, and of course they've got their match at new year's evil. See now the thing about, about cross that, that I honestly believe, is if they had done a Goldberg build, where Goldberg didn't get the title right away. Like, he had to win a whole yes. bunch of matches first. But it felt like Cross was, like, came in, won a match versus Ciampa, and was like, okay, you're the next guy. And I was like, but I don't, I, I haven't really, I don't know anything about him yet. Like, you haven't done anything to really, you, you've made him spooky goth killer, but you haven't done anything to make him this wrestler that I, that I either want, choose to root sure. for or hate. What you got on Dexter Loomis doing whatever it is he's doing? Well, here's what I do. I have Dexter Loomis sitting up there, and they 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 pan to him on that little perch by well, his, his easel, and it's like a single spotlight on him. And I expect him to bring up a mic and go, "Send in the clouds." Oh, like it was just this weird way to set him up. And Vic Joseph acting like there's like there's no way Vic you didn't notice him being there the entire night yeah. before you saw him the first time. And then what's what's Dexter Lewis doing? Oh, oh, he's drawing. What is he drawing? The New Year's Evil logo. Oh, what could be going through his mind? I'm like, Vic Joseph, stop taking the Michael Cole classes. I think yeah. you're better than that. Well, when, you don't need to do this kind of stuff. We, when, we understand. When they say that, they're like, what is he drawing? I'm sitting there like, not any fans with this booking. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I don't like this character. I think... I think they think they have a lot with this character because he's so, uh, he's got so many layers and he's so interesting. And look, I think you're overshooting this and it's going to crumble real quick. And 
this does not make me excited for New Year's Evil. I just they don't wanna... they don't have any ideas to what to do with this guy. Yeah, right? I just want to say I think it's funny that in WWE layers is maybe a silver serial killer definitely can draw. Like <laughs> that, that's layers to them because like other people, Shotzi Blackheart, who I mean I guess we should yeah mention from earlier drives a tank. She cares yeah. about the tank. That's her character. Yeah. Oh man, so rough. Uh, let's talk about this Swerve Scott promo. I liked it. I liked the delivery. There were some some implications in there, though. Like, when they say things, and I don't think it was intended this way, but he's like, somebody like Jake Atlas can't beat me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for a lot of the reasons that something... He's a gay man. Yeah. There are some flags that can go up there with some of that yep. terminology, Alex, but... I, I it's one of those things where I don't think it was intended that way, but for no. some people it came across that way. Right. The same way where I don't believe they're intentionally having Jackson Riker beat up a Mexican and an Asian guy exactly. in a feud with a black guy, but it sure looks like it might be intentional. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, don't just just shy away from doing those things. That's all I'm saying. Maybe run it through a test group or something <laughs> before you before you run this. Uh Ever Rise screamed a lot and were very good yes they're 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 selling me on on a coked out guys who are upset they lost a match they're selling me on that really really well main event i got some problems with this rhea ripley loses to tony storm tony storm it's a good match good match i posted last week i really want them to have rhea ripley win matches though and that ain't happening. Nothing gets me pumped to see somebody face Raquel like losing. Oh, but now she's mad that she lost. Yeah, cool. Because you know why? Because losing should put you at the back of the fucking line mm-hmm. for the ultimate goal. That's why you should be mad that you lost. Because you're at the back of the line. But in NXT, that's not what it means. Because after every goddamn special event, you got the ladder match or the battle royal or the gauntlet and nothing. the wins and losses don't matter. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel. Winner versus winner is how it should be handled. This frustrates me so much, Alex. Raw yeah. did the worst viewership of all fucking time. <laughs> and it was a lot of booking like this. Yeah. And I love Rhea, I love Raquel, and I really like Tony too. But ah, yeah, no, you, you, you and I are on the same page. Um, the like uh, Rhea versus Raquel is always welcome in my household. That is a certified woman hoss battle hoot every single time they come in the in the Got ring a together. Guest room set up for them. Yeah, stop by whenever. That's that's great. Okay, however. If you have to get to that point by having Rhea lose ref distractions, I don't know if the ends justify the means. You know what I mean? Like there's there's ways of doing this. And a thing is like they're oh, but we sit like we oh we got we got over Raquel. Now she's got a lot of heat on her. And Rhea's pissed, she wants a piece of Raquel, and we and we got over Tony by having her beat Rhea. Did you? Did you really do you think this makes Tony look good by having to have somebody come in and interfere in her match to, so she could beat Rhea? It doesn't make Tony look good either. Like, this, this doesn't really help anything. Like, you have Rhea beat Tony because Tony's not at that point right now in this run. She can be later, but not yet. Rhea beats 
uh, beats Tony and and Raquel interferes and Raquel and Rhea beats her anyway. That way, Rhea looks good and she's still pissed at Raquel for trying to get in her business. You can still have that match. I mean, the thing to me is like, it feels like years ago, but I know it was only a, a week ago. You had Raquel beat Io Shirai in War Games. And the thing you do for me immediately after that is go right into a Raquel versus EO program. Like she, she earned it. She's done great in the ring. She pinned EO. EO should be pissed at her. Do that. Instead, they were like hinting around a Tony Storm versus EO program. No, no, Raquel's earned it. Go there. Now she's got to have Raquel go through Rhea to get there. Okay, fine. But like it, it, it just doesn't work. Robert, any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, look, the reality is you guys hit the nail on the head way earlier that NXT now falls into the same stupid traps as Raw and SmackDown, and therefore it no longer means anything. It's unfortunately rapidly becoming WWE, ECW, and I'm hoping that that's just a lot of the pandemic and that whenever we turn the tide around with that, we get NXT magic again because this is stupid. And they're just going to tell you, oh, it doesn't matter because she's doing the favors on her way out because she'll be in the Royal Rumble and then you won't care because she'll be on the main roster. But it's not the main roster because NXT is on the same level as Raw and SmackDown. None of it matters. And that's the thing that sucks. Like, I want to see Raquel versus Rhea again because, by the way, Rhea did beat Raquel already. They've gone this route. And I want to see it, but they're making me feel like it doesn't matter. It's just 50-50 Raw booking, and Raw's not doing so great right now, and that's why. And we got somebody saying, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. She's only lost three singles matches since WrestleMania, uh, so it's not like she's been booked as a loser. Hey, how many matches has she won since WrestleMania? Because I'm pretty sure it's like five or six. Five or six matches. Now, this... In AEW, maybe you could pull that off because they don't wrestle as often. It's every three, four weeks, something like that. We're talking nine months here. In nine months. And really, you know what? She wasn't winning matches uh, for like the month before that. She beat Bianca Belair and then they took her off TV for a month and a half. They took they took her out of the ring for a month and a half. When hey. When you go ten months and you win like six matches... And a bunch of them are like tag matches. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. The win over Mercedes Martinez, that was a good one. The Aaliyah Robert Stone stuff, yeah, sure. Uh, jobbing out Aaliyah, okay. Raquel Gonzalez, good. But winners, we're, we're not talking like 50-50. Like 50-50 does not make me want to watch somebody. It doesn't, I, oh my God. Rafael Garcia. It says, Ciampa Thatcher is a team, Dusty Classic. Give it to me, damn it. I don't think that's the plan, but I would love it if they went that way. That would be very, very fun. Zach Connor says, I think the Cruiserweight division needs some help. I'd like to nominate Ali and Chad Gable to move to NXT. Yeah, because they did so much with Ali the first time around in that division. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I forget that that Cruiserweight title even exists a lot of times now. And I think that's kind of the way that they like it, but... Alex, tell the people what you got going on besides celebrating. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Giannis re-signing with Milwaukee. 
Yes, uh, it's it's great. It's a five-year contract with an option. Uh, fifth year is only an option, so let's be realistic. It's a four-year contract. Yes, he might he might ask it to be traded after two, but right now it's <laughs> great. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I, I review uh, Raw, which is awful. Uh, it's just awful. Uh, the ratings are not indicative of how bad it is. How do you get ninety minutes out of that? We go thirty-five and start making toast on the air. But listen, if I if I if I least I'm gonna I'm gonna drag my old WCW waffle maker out of the closet. And yes. I'm gonna start doing that next week. No, I mean the way I do it is I get way too worked out about terrible booking decisions. That's what it is. That's what it is. But then I talk about SmackDown as well. But SmackDown isn't as bad. But it's only the second worst major wrestling show on TV. If you have that, please bring it to the Christmas stream. <laughs> I wish I did. That would be amazing. <laughs> Robert, tell the people what you're doing and what you got going on next week, buddy. Next week, I'll be full-time over here at Fightful, so come check me out. I will die the first week of January covering all those <laughs> shows, so check me out while you can. But until then, I'm on Smartout Moment. I'm talking 2002 WWE SmackDown. I'm talking all the hot tags of the week. I'm on the WrestleZone Daily Podcast, the Impact Wrap-Up Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice and just check out everything I got going on. It is DudeFelice. It is not DoFelice, and it's we did fix Felice. it. We did I, fix that. I, I, may, I, I called it in. I was like, listen, guys. And as I found out, it was because of a typo on my part. When I submitted <laughs> the order, I accidentally put do Felice. Well, be, 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 be thankful you weren't dud Felice. <laughs> yeah, that would have been worse. <laughs> guys, thank you all so much. Check out the list in your boy. Uh, I have some very, very good interviews dropping between Thursday and Monday check them out. I've got LSG tomorrow and I've got a couple that I have not filmed yet and I will not tell you who they are until I film them because anything can happen in this world. But thank you all so much. Uh, Check out my TLC preview stream with Wrestling Rambles and subscribe to her channel. I'm back this weekend, or I'm back Friday with Jeremy but I'm back Sunday with Jeff Hawkins talking TLC. Until next time guys, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.